0: Welcome to episode 460 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva. Just talked NFC. Today we'll be talking AFC, team by team as the bye week's approach. Evan, how's it going? It's going great. It's going
1: great. It's nice to have a few teams on bye. Two fewer games
0: to write. Mm -hmm. The quality of content will rise. I'm ready for it. Let's do it. AFC. On today's show, as we mentioned, we're going to go team by team through each AFC squad, what we saw in week five, what it means going forward. Before we get into it here today, I have to remind everyone, the NBA season starts in exactly one week, Tuesday, the 18th of October. Our draft kit is live for sale right now if you have a hoops draft coming up. Also, we are ready to rock with our DFS NBA product. There's really nothing like it. It's hard to convey how much work, how much effort, how much blood, sweat, and tears and knowledge goes into doing projections for the NBA seven days a week, every day for six months. Dink and his team are just absolutely insane maniacs. Mm -hmm. We have multiple people working all over the globe to get you the projections as accurate and as quickly as possible. Head to the subscribe page to check out everything we have for NBA. Also, this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. They have this ridiculous, Mm -hmm. ridiculous resurrection and these battle royales going on. We do have rankings for both up right now the resurrection closes on thursday so be sure to sign up use promo code etr when you sign up they'll match your first deposit up to hundred dollars really it's a lot of fun doing the drafts and sweating it all year like when stuff starts going bad in dfs one of my favorite things to do is just like open the underdog app and start seeing how my best ball teams are doing try to salvage something all right evan let's get into it here with the afc and we'll start with the baltimore ravens i thought it was disappointing for J.K. Dobbins, you know, his usage in week four was really good, coming back from the knee injury, of course. And then in week five, even with Justice Hill out, only 40% of the snaps, 61% of the running back carries, only 13 routes on 35 dropbacks for J.K. Dobbins. So that was disappointing. They played without Bateman also. What did you think of the Ravens on Sunday night?
1: Yeah, and one thing, that another thing that stuck out to me about the Baltimore backfield was that Kenyon Drake led the team in or led the backfield in snaps Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean Kedron Drake I think he'd been he'd been a healthy scratch in in each of the previous two games so that was strange Um, you know this is also still a backfield where Lamar Jackson is going to you know probably be the favorite to lead the team in rushing every week Um, and so I I don't it's just it's going to be a little tough for J.K. Dobbins I mean Especially if they're going to continue to use like Kenyon Drake or, you know, Mike Davis or whatever. Like, because he's he's gonna be touchdown dependent. He's gonna have a lot of touchdown dependency, but he's not gonna catch passes. And again, Lamar Jackson is the favorite to lead the team in rush. I think he's gonna have some pop-up weeks, but just in terms of his forecast ability on a week to week basis, I just I think it's gonna be a little tough for J.K. Dobbins. He does look good though.
0: I just think they're not ready to extend them. Like they just think the knee yeah. isn't completely right and they don't want to extend them period. And so we just have to deal oh, with that. Yeah. It. it just, it just is what it is. Um, is what it is. Mark Andrews. Absolutely. Insane. A- absolutely insane. I mean, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, let's go to Buffalo. So, uh, Josh Allen as usual was incredible. I-, I think the point that I, I was trying to make last week, we tried to make a rest season one fifty, was like, yeah, Gabe Davis may not be that good. He may not be a huge target earner. But when you play every single snap with Josh Allen, like you can have games like this. And you can have huge games. And Gabe is going to have some of those ankle stuff obviously looked fine. So that was good to see on Gabe. The other thing that I noticed was Cleo Shakir, I thought, played well. It was an emergency situation. I thought maybe he played well enough to mix in with McKenzie in the slot. And that's like not what I want. I want either one of them to be in there full time because this role is valuable. I want to either be Shakir all the time or be McKenzie all the time. And now I'm worried that it's going to be some mix of both like they were doing with Crowder and McKenzie. Very big blowout though. What'd you see out of the bills? Easy win over the Steelers. Uh, My boy, Quentin Morris fumbled away a touchdown. I saw that. Yeah.
1: Um, You know, they just beat the absolute breaks off the Steelers and and Josh Allen had like over 300 passing yards or something in the first half. Yeah. And he only finished only finished with four twenty four, But um yeah, I don't. You you you, you prep. You provide a pretty good summary summary there. I, I think that that it, it'll be interesting to see if the Bills may, try to make a move for Christian McCaffrey. Yep. the Bills front office has a, a ton of ties to Carolina. They've made a lot of trades over the years, so I mean that that's something that I think is is very realistic.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and they I don't think they'd have to give up much to get Christian McCaffrey. The question is, if they want to pay him and his contract, but I think it's yeah. probably fine, and I probably would. Actually, just because I think Christian, I I normally wouldn't for running back, but Christian McCaffrey is such a unique player. Right. Let's go to Cincinnati. T. Higgins thing sucked, man. I mean, he was questioned with the ankle. I thought he was fine. Then he gets out there, aggravates it, ankle sprain. Mike Thomas is is filling in for him in three wide receiver sets. Just don't feel great about ankles and aggravations. Just because I love T. Higgins and I have a ton of T. Higgins in best ball and season long, it just sucks. People are asking Evan. What's wrong with Jamar Chase? You know, he's still on pace for 109 catches, 1166 yards, seven touchdowns. He has not had the explosive big plays downfield. Mm-hmm. His dot is almost a third lower than it was last year. Mm-hmm. His catch rate should be higher, though, if your dot is lower, and it's not. And so I think, like, there's some regression here towards just normalizing a lot of this stuff. But I do think that there's some, something to be said for them not targeting him as deep. What do you think about what's going on with Jamar Chase? Anything else on the Bengals?
1: Well, I mean, usually when, you know, you have a big-time deep threat that, you know, isn't getting the ball deep as consistently as in games past, it, it, can de- it can it is because the team is actively not confident in its pass protection, and the Bengals' offensive line to this point in the season has been a little bit of a disappointment. I think it has gotten better over the past couple weeks, though, and again— the continuity factor is always big with offensive lines and and the guys have largely stayed healthy. Jonah Williams did suffer an injury in this game, but I think that he's going to be okay. But once they start to build that continuity, Lyle Collins also has been a big problem on the right side, but I I, I still, I I still think that as as long as they continue to like stay healthy and get out there and work together, we're going to see, more fireworks from this offense. I think that Jamar Chase is a very clear and obvious buy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I also want to shout out Hayden Hurst, who, yeah, we were kind of talking about him, talking about him on a weekly basis. Like he's out here beating, he he beat like Marcus Peters one on one on like a wide receiver route in this past game. And he I mean, he's, you know, if you're scraping the the pile for like a tight end option, like he, I mean, he's a top 15 guy absolutely right sure.
0: now. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of scraping the pile, I don't know how serious T. Higgins' injury is, but Mike Thomas did run a lot of routes in that T. Higgins role. Obviously, Tyler Boyd gets a big boost also. And I would not discount the boost for Jamar Chase also. I know we didn't see it in this game against the Ravens, really. But when T. Higgins is out, I think we can certainly raise Jamar Chase's projection going forward. Let's go to Cleveland. I mean, Nick Chubb, unstoppable. I mean, Another eight yards per carry game, two more touchdowns. It's absolutely insane. It's not outlier efficiency because he literally does it every week and every year. What I will say, though, is this. Like, Chargers' rush defense is not good. Chubb has played Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons, and Chargers so far. Probably, like, one of the best possible five-game stretches Mm -hmm. for him. I know there's no Lions in there. I know there's no Seahawks, but, like, one of the best possible. Now, it starts to get real. Browns' next six games. Patriots. Ravens. Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Bucks. I mean, just good teams that they'll likely be losing to or more likely to be behind against. And not saying they're going to give up on Chubb, but Kareem Hunt tends to play a little bit more in those situations. So if you're looking for a reason to sell high on Nick Chubb, he's an incredible player, the best running back in the league, but schedule is about to get really, really, really rough. What say you, Evan, about the Browns?
1: Yeah, I I couldn't do it. I, I, I could not pull the trigger right on yep. trading away Nick Chubb right now. Number one overall fantasy RB, but I get it. I mean there, there's definitely logic behind it. Yep. Um David Njoku has been the most consistent part of the Cleveland passing game since that awful week one that we can all we can all forget about. Yep. but he's been a consistent stud and he's been like, you know, they they're they're funneling the passing offense through him, uh to uh, to a more consistent extent than they are with Amari Cooper who I just you're gonna have to live with the ups and downs of Amari Cooper he's just like a boom bust wide receiver too. uh going forward I mean it's just that's just how it's gonna be and you're gonna have to live with the ups and the downs this was an up game for him um I think Jacoby Brissett continues to you know perform at, at above expectation I would say and um yeah, I mean that, that the 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 play calling, the designs are great. I mean they, they're a very sharp. Uh, Kevin Stefanski is a very sharp head coach, and and, and every, everything is sharp. With, and, and, with
0: joku's ass, and joku's playing his and playing his ass off.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he, I mean, like he's he's gotten to the point where he's like a really good blocker too. I mean he's just yeah. he's out there ninety percent of the snaps every single week.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, and on Amari Cooper, you know, really talented wide receivers who play every snap, like. I'm just gonna play them every week and let the chips fall, you know, and I'm gonna try to try to be on them. That's just like the exact kind of player that I want to be on. And certainly, you know, Jamar Chase fixed the bill as well. Just like one of the most talented wide receivers in the league playing every snap with reasonable quarterback play or good quarterback play. I mean, it's no brainer. Okay. Broncos. First game without Javante Williams, it was a short week. Latavius Murray was not active. And I want to be clear about that because Latavius could be active this week. But in the first game without Javante, it was Melvin Gordon, 41 snaps and 21 routes Mike Boone 30 routes 30 snaps 19 routes I thought Mike Boone outplayed Melvin Gordon not sure that that really matters at all going forward question is how do you think the backfield will look in the future and do you think Latavius will be active I actually don't know but I kind of think that he will what do you think about that and anything else in the Broncos
1: yeah I don't know I, I just don't know um it wouldn't be surprised it wouldn't surprise me if he was inactive for the next game um because like he, I mean, I don't think Latavius Murray is going to get out there and play special teams, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So I, we'll just have to see. My, I thought Mike Boone showed a lot of juice. I mean, yeah. a lot of juice in his first game as the, you know, the sort of um, change of pace back. And I, I mean, I think he deserves ten to twelve touches a game going forward. He's got more juice than Melvin Gordon does. Melvin Gordon has been putting the ball on the ground.
0: Broncos man. I can't believe they lost that game. I mean, I can't believe some of the games they've lost this year. Yeah. They've been so bad. The coaching has been horrific. They've been horrific in the red zone. Russ has been bad. I I, I think you can drop Russ. I mean, I don't. Yeah. There's yeah. got to be better quarterbacks available on your wire if you're in a single quarterback league uh, than Russ right now. They so. also
1: have a, a, a pretty good defense. You know, Patrick Sertan. I mean, a, a lot of analysts are calling him like the number one, the best corner in the league already. Yeah. I, I've seen some pretty sharp analysts saying that. Um, so
0: they're going to be in, like, low-scoring affairs. I mean, it's it's not working out well. And the shoulder issue for Russ. Yeah. Uh, also, he's going to be fine, it sounds like, and he's going to play. But it's certainly, possibly, possibly affecting his play. Mm-hmm. By the way, shout-out to the Bible narrative. I mean, KJ Hamler was wide open. Shout-out Penn State. Wide open. And Russ just locked on to Courtland Sutton. You know why? Bible narrative. Okay. Anyways. Uh, Houston. Damian Pierce, man. I mean – He might have one of the best roles in the entire league. I mean, Damian Pierce, 60 out of 66 running back carries the last three weeks and a 14.3% target share. I mean, you don't have to go too far into usage metrics to see that is elite, elite, elite. Now, they don't have that many red zone opportunities. You know, they're losing a lot. That stuff isn't great. But his actual role is awesome. Davis Mills has been disappointing for me, for sure. What you see out of... The Texans, you got to win over the Jaguars.
1: Uh Nico started to do some things recently. Nico Collins, but just the passing game is so unreliable. I mean, what is this? They they had 140 passing yards in this game. Yeah. You know, they want to run the ball. This is Lovey Smith, head coach. Damien Pierce is balling. I mean, he is, I think, number two right now in broken tackles among all running backs behind only Nick Chubb. Oh. Yeah. I mean, the, the dude is like real good. Mm-hmm. And and he showed that to us in the preseason. He showed that when he got the opportunities at Florida, he was just extremely underutilized at Florida. And, you know, that's why uh, the, the Florida head coach got fired for, for things like that.
0: Uh, Texans are on a bye in week six, by the way. Um, Colts, I don't know if you've noticed this, Evan, but the Michael Pittman usage is not great. I mean, he is running routes so close to the line of scrimmage. He's running these like comeback routes and he's not even earning you should be earning a lot of targets on those short kind of comeback routes he only has 36 targets on 181 routes alec pierce has 22 targets on 109 routes alec pierce is doing better on targets per route run than michael pittman right now are you concerned evan about michael pittman going forward i am a little bit i I am a little bit um
1: i think it was rich rebar pointed out michael pittman has run the most hitch routes in the league 54 hitch routes and he doesn't have a single target more than twenty yards downfield.
0: Yeah, it's not good.
1: Yeah, um, it just seems like what they're doing here is they have guys in defined roles. You know, Paris Campbell's—I mean, he's like the the cardio guy. Alec Pierce is the the player that they're going to throw the ball to downfield, and Pittman is like the big possession receiver. Um, it hurt. It hurts the upside for Michael Pittman. His target share is still really good. He's going to be an asset in PPR, but you know, I remember coming out of I don't know week one or two thinking like Michael Pittman is going to be a top 10 fantasy receiver for sure. And I'm not so sure that that's the case anymore. Also Matt Ryan, just right. com- entirely unimpressive. And the offensive line is, is not very good. It's not very good. Cause it's really bad in two spots.
0: That, that's what I was going to say. The, the two things for me are a Matt Ryan may be like total dust and B if you're going to be that underneath possession guy, you better be earning a lot of targets. Like, that's what Keenan Allen does. Keen Allen never goes deep down the field. But Keenan Allen earns a ton of targets underneath, and he's valuable. In fantasy, Michael Pittman needs to start earning more targets if this is going to be uh, his role. Um, oh, I was so excited for Molly Cox in week four. Remember, Molly Cox went yeah. off in week four. His, his route participation was rising. And then for whatever reason, in, in week five, only 34, 37% route participation. I just don't get that, but. I
1: would just like to get in the coach's room with Frank Reich and ask him straight up, like, why can't we just do this with Ali Cox? Like, yeah. I mean, the, the dude, his efficiency ratings over the, I mean, year over year, this is not just the one game that he had. Like, his efficiency ratings as is, is yards per route run, he can block. I mean, he should be out there, all like, all the time.
0: Uh, by the way, uh, Naheem Hines suffered a concussion in this yeah. game, and I don't know about Jonathan Taylor's status, but I do think that JT active Naheem Hines inactive is obviously a really good setup for JT if he's able to make it back. Yeah,
1: that concussion was scary. I mean, yeah. look, he got sent into another dimension or something. Like, he yeah. just lost control. That yeah.
0: was brutal, man. Jacksonville, last two weeks, and maybe it's been some game script stuff in there, but last two weeks, Travis Etienne has played more snaps than James Robinson, both games. Overall, at 64-52. So I just want to put that out there. I, you know, I don't think Travis Etienne looks that great out there to my, you know, very untrained eye, but at least they're giving him a lot of good chances. The Christian Kirk thing was weird. I played Christian Kirk in cash. He played Mm -hmm. 71 snaps, 54 of them in the slot, ran 48 routes on 50 Trevor Lawrence dropbacks and saw three targets for a 6% share. He had at least a 20% share in every other game this year. So it was really weird. Christian Kirk's air ball here and cost me severely. Evan, any thoughts on that? Anything else on the Jaguars? And this is a bad loss for Jaguars team, who I thought was yeah. the best team in the AFC South.
1: Yeah, I mean, gosh, that, that's kind of gone by the wayside over the last two weeks, huh? Yeah. Um, you no, know, I, I saw Wiggins put in the uh, in our Slack like that. That you and I have this irrational hatred of Zay Jones. <laughs> I, I almost like screenshotted like his uh, pro football reference like history you know, and, and like how little how little production he has over like a half decade span. But I was like, I'm, I'm not going to do that because you know, Wiggins, Wiggins, Wiggins is like the nicest guy ever, you know. But Zay Jones, big Zay Jones, eight targets, 12 scoreless yards. You know, I, I don't think he's an asset this year.
0: No, And we tried to write off a lot of what happened in week four to the weather in Philly. It's harder to write it off here. I mean, their past game was not clicking whatsoever in this game. And so there's certainly some Concern there. Chiefs. The good news, I guess, is that Sky Moore's role is expanding a little bit. He ran 14 routes in this game on 48 Mahomes dropbacks. The concern, man, and probably, you know, I certainly had some really bad misses in the season long streets. I mean, Kyle Pitts looks really bad. DJ Moore looks really bad. And I I was trying to hold out hope for Juju, you know, but I I was taking Juju a ton in round five and round six. Um, I'm almost ready to take the L on Juju, who doesn't ever really appear to be open and is running routes so close Mm -hmm. to a line of scrimmage and is not really a factor in the red zone that it's going to be hard, I think, for Juju to have ceiling games, which is really, really frustrating because they need him. I mean, they need wide receiver play. I actually thought MVS played a great game Mm -hmm. last night, but I don't know how consistently they can rely on that. I thought McCall Hardman played a really good game also last night. I don't know if they can rely on that, but I'm just not sure Juju can do it at this point also everybody's favorite um seventh round rookie Isaiah Pacheco just two snaps in this game Jacob McKinnon played a really good game 39 snaps CH got 31 so I don't know Evan are are we taking the L on Juju or am I I guess specifically taking the L on Juju I'm kind of tempted to just take the L on it um and move on and and it sucks Yeah.
1: yeah I know that's it's a difficult call because I mean he's still getting a, a good amount of participation in a Patrick Mahomes quarterback uh, offense.
0: Oh, he he was 42 out of 48 routes yeah. last night. I
1: mean, he's out there a ton. Yeah, I mean uh, I, I think you just downgrade him. You know, we we had hopes that he could be like t- maybe top 15. Um, you know, like a, at least like a consistent wide receiver 2 getting a lot of targets and stuff, but we just downgrade him now. He's like a wide receiver 3, a fringe wide receiver 3 where we're deciding every week like he's in our pool. Yeah. Every week, are we going to start him? Yeah. Maybe based on matchup, whatever. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, and I think that your analysis is spot on. He, he seems to never be open. Yeah. Seems to never be open. Everything is contested. He just doesn't. He, he's not very good. I mean, I, I think he's not very good right now.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: sucks. Yeah. McKinnon was an absolute beast in yeah. this game. I mean, and and it it looked like he had fallen to the back end of the pecking order coming out of the previous game. And that Pacheco was moving up, but no, McKinnon was the like essentially the lead back here. Yeah, and I mean he performed like it. I mean he he had some unbelievable runs, man. I mean yeah. he was he was hyped up. He he was a big part of their offense um, as someone that like took so much Mahomes and Kelsey that I had to like stop act like get you know get myself to stop doing it. This was a a really fun performance. I have yeah. a um. An FFPC main event with uh, Rebar, Thorman, Davis Matic, and JJ. And we had um, we had the Mahomes-Kelsey stack. And, you know, we got, like, this text thread. And it was, it was a lot of fun, man. It was, it was a lot of
0: fun. I mean, I didn't even check, but it's got to be a record. Four touchdowns and 24 receiving yards. It's got to be. Yes, yeah. It is. I mean, it's, like, impossible. 24 receiving yards and four touchdowns. Shout out to yeah, Travis. It, it's the most – touchdowns ever in the in the least yards ever yeah it's got to be yeah. um yeah my take on the running back stuff is just hot hand. like i know coaches throw that word around all the time but i actually think that mckinnon came out like he was shot out of a cannon yes. and they're like fuck it let's just go with him you know what i mean yeah. and, and, and that's what they did and so i agree so yeah i mean that's gonna be really hard to predict on a week-to-week basis speaking of that game go to the raiders and, and josh jacobs we talked about the role we talked about the way he's playing i mean not only he's earned they came into the year i think wanted to use amir abdullah wanted to use brandon boland wanted to use amir white jacobs has not allowed them to do that by playing so well and now he has the fourth best expected fantasy point workload in the entire nfl he's on pace for 309 carries and 58 catches man he's been just awesome awesome player darren Mm -hmm. waller did get hurt last night which sucks because i thought darren waller was a pretty good pick in round five and six when he was slipping Mm -hmm. there due to the hold out and stuff like that but Darren Waller goes down early in this game and takes an air ball what did you see out of the Raiders last night
1: Yeah well the Raiders are now 1 and 4 and they're four their four combined their four losses are a combined 12 points Yeah uh now last year they were a team that got a ton of uh for uh fortune in in one score games and this year they're kind of feeling their regression i mean they're they're a better team than than what they what their record shows. That that's Definitely. absolutely true. Um, Devonta Adams is just an absolute baller. I mean, yeah. look, you know, like let's let's be real here. His ability, to like Willie Mays, uh, uh, deep passes over his shoulder. Every time that he was like targeted, he he either made a big play or he drew a pi. Yeah. In this game, um, they they need to target him more. I mean, he he's had too few targets. I think um and then in addition to that yeah i mean i agree with you on josh jacobs like he's playing out of his mind he's never played this well before in his career
0: yeah. and it, this would be like this is going to go down on like the poster boy of contract year performances like once they decline his fifth year option they talked about it on the broadcast last yeah. night they declined his fifth year option he was like you know what uh, i'm just gonna go out there and prove that i deserve a big contract and i mean he's doing it chargers So Austin eckler i feel like we talk about it every week You know, he's losing a lot of work. He's losing a lot of work to Josh Kelly. Mm -hmm. He's losing specifically goal line and red zone work. He's only playing 57% of the snaps for the season. He's still fantasy's number two running back. He is just so outrageously good and good in the past game. It's crazy. I've been really disappointed by Josh Palmer, who hasn't really done much with Keenan out. I know he's been nursing an ankle issue, but doesn't seem to be too severe. That's been frustrating. But yeah, what do you think of the Chargers? It was a really wild game between them and the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a fun game. Um,
1: I, I, you know, Donald Parham came back. Trey McKitty is involved. That doesn't bode particularly well for Gerald Everett. Um, Josh Kelly has clearly asserted himself as the Chargers number two RB and he should be rostered everywhere. Uh, and he's playing really well. He even, I mean, he finished with what almost like 80, 90 total yards, 12 mm-hmm. touches in this game and he scored a touchdown He's going to get the ball in close quite a bit. Um, If Austin Eckler goes down, like Josh Kelly's been playing really well. Daniel Popper does a great job covering the Chargers. Josh Kelly had like a really good training camp. Recently asked Brandon Staley, hey, you know, what do you think about getting the ball more to Josh Kelly? And Brandon Staley was like, yeah, yeah, we we
0: should. And by the way, Austin Eckler wants that too. Austin Eckler's talked a lot about hey, I want to play a longer career. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want 30 touches in a game, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the dude is just Al- so good. Is a smart, smart guy. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and, and then Josh Kelly also in this game had some big time blitz pickups, uh, which is you know that when you're playing a rookie left tackle, like you're going to need your back to to be back there and pass protecting. So, Josh Kelly should be rostered literally everywhere, even like I think shallow league, shallow bench leagues. I mean. Try to fit him on
0: as your last guy at very least. Okay, let's go to Miami. Um, Chase Edmonds, uh, I don't even know what to say. I have such Shanahan vibes on this. They give him $12 million. Everybody thinks that, including me, thinks that that assures him a role. For Shanahan's, for McDaniel's, apparently, it doesn't matter. Like $12 million guaranteed, it doesn't matter. They played Raheem Mostert ahead of him, of course. Then they also played... Miles Gaskin ahead of Chase Edmonds. It came after a couple of bad drops that Chase Edmonds had in the past game. I, I know. Will Miles Gaskin continue to play ahead of Chase Edmonds? I don't know. I think for now we're going to project it that Edmonds is still the number two, but Gaskin's going to eat into it a little bit. I think is how we're going to have it, but it's certainly tenuous there. Mostert played a really good game though. The other thing yeah. that we need to talk about with the Dolphins is the quarterback situation. They lose, obviously lose Tua, then they lose Teddy. To kind of a similar thing although Teddy's probably would have been cleared if not for the new regulations in place from the Tua thing but that's a story for another day so anyways I think Teddy will be okay we'll see on Tua and then if Tyreek is in a Tyreek Hill is in a walking boot also hurt his foot in this game and Jalen Waddle I'm not sure if he's right off the off the groin I mean mm-hmm. there's a lot of not great stuff going on with the Dolphins right now still <clears throat> love Mike McDaniel Howard King what do you see and what do you think about everything going on with the Dolphins
1: yeah, I mean, I think you covered most of it. I mean, Chase Edmonds has played his way out of this, though, too. I mean, he's been horrible. He's got, like, three drops over the last couple of weeks. Um, hasn't been effective on the ground. You know, he was supposed to be a, a great fit for the outside zone running scheme, and I think clearly they've determined that Raheem is a way better fit. Raheem Mostert obviously knows the offense from his time together with Mike McDaniel in San Francisco, and he brings a lot of speed to the table, a lot of juice. You know, that's what – He's unlikely to hold up over the course of the season. Um, so I don't know. In deeper leagues, I would think about stashing Miles Gaskin, actually. Oh, God. I know. It's gross. I know it's gross.
0: Uh, yeah. We'll see on the Tyreek um, injury for now. Didn't strike me as something that was going to be too serious, but but we'll see on on Tyreek. Um, New England. I, I was a little bit disappointed in myself. You know, I thought Hunter Henry might be a really good punt, and he was so cheap on Sunday. I didn't pull the trigger on it. It turned out that he was. I mean, Hunter Henry with Johnny out, played 59 out of 60 snaps, 18 routes on 22 dropbacks, 24% target share, 454-0 result on a day that Bailey Zappi didn't even throw that much. And so I think as long as Johnny's out, Hunter Henry is at least going to be in play at punt tight end. The big news, though, Evan, I mean, we got a lot wrong. We got some stuff wrong. Ramondre Stevenson, baby. It is Ramondre yes, Stevenson season and yeah you can say well maybe it wouldn't be if Ty Montgomery didn't get hurt if Damian Harris didn't get hurt I don't know man Ramonjo's been playing really well he's PFF's number three graded running back out of all running backs in the entire league he was having usable not just usable but good games even when Damian Harris was healthy mm-hmm. now I mean I don't even know what to say I he could be a, a top five running back easily for as long as Damian Harris out any thoughts on Ramondre, anything else on the Patriots? Yeah, and Damian Harris, uh, according to reports,
1: is supposed to miss multiple games. Uh, he also has struggled with a hamstring injury last year. So we're not, I don't think we're going to see him for a few weeks. I saw Sean, Sean uh, Kerner, the odds maker, talking about how, where he's going to rank Ramondre Stevenson in terms of like week six plays. Yeah. And he said that he's going to have Ramondre Stevenson as the number one overall fantasy back. Yeah, going into week six and Sean corner is pretty good at this.
0: Okay? Yeah, we we were yeah and and it, it, our projection guys were talking about the same thing like it's yeah. impossible not to get a huge projection on Ramondre here like impossible.
1: Yeah, they want to run the ball. He can play in the passing game. I mean, he he should play a ton of snaps. Ty Montgomery is not ready to return from from IR yet. It, it's adding up really nicely for Fat Mondre. even he I can't believe that he was ever given that nickname. And I know, I know, I think I know who did it. Was it
0: was it PSU fans? Yep, Sean Nishim. Oh, of course he would. Of course he would. <laughs> uh, Nelson Aguilar hurt his hamstring also in this game. We'll keep an eye on that. But really, the past game is not obviously with Zappy in there. It's not great. But even with Mac in there, you know, it's it's very hit or miss.
1: Yeah, this this and Bailey Zappy. I mean, he played about as well as you could expect. You know, a third string rookie at uh, a Western Kentucky to do. They uh, by the way, they did run a ton of spread. They, they ran like the Western Kentucky offense. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but he was sacked zero times on 21 dropbacks. He was only pressured three times in the game. Another testament to how poor the Detroit defense is. I mean, and they had, you know, they, they had their dudes uh, back, back this week. Okuto got hurt, but up front they had their dudes and they couldn't get any pressure on Billy Zappi.
0: Let's go to the Jets. You know, Uh, We talked a lot about Brees Hall and and buying Brees Hall and how Brees Hall's role was rising, and it it is. And again, he had 65% of the running back carries. Michael Carter still got a bunch of base work. Michael Carter still got some goal line work. I think Brees actually got tackled at the one-yard line twice and didn't get the touchdown on either one. He did run hot in the pass game, though. I mean, only two targets for Brees Hall in this game. One of them goes for 79 yards. But Brees is obviously a very, very good player. He's seeing targets down the field, which is so valuable for a running back. And he's just so explosive and we knew that from his measurables from his production in college what do you think of Brees anything else on the Jets
1: well and I think that this was to be expected because Joe Flacco was throwing the ball 50 times a game in the first three weeks the Jets have been much more balanced with Zach Wilson under center and um, some of that has to do with positive uh, game script okay I mean they you know we, when you're ahead then they've won two games in a row when you're ahead you're going to run the ball more and throw the ball less, but they've got 62 rushing attempts and 60 pass attempts over the last two weeks, and I think that that's notable. I, I think the Jets are – I mean, I, I think they're – you know, I, I think they're okay. I mean, they, they've got talent. It's just a matter of it all coming together. They've got talent on both sides of the ball. Sauce Gardner is a stud. Jermaine Johnson came on a little bit in this game. Their pass rusher, um, their, their uh, first-round pass rusher, and, uh, and, and, and they certainly have um, – you know, they got Dwayne Brown back, and they certainly have weapons offensively. Brees Hall is averaging 19 and half touches per game over the last two, 137 total uh, total yards per game. Uh, I think that Michael, Car- Michael Carter scored two touchdowns in this game. Yeah. But I-, I think that that's a little bit fluky. I think that Bre- Brees Hall is starting to, to really separate himself, and I think he's really good. Uh,
0: my issue with this Jets stuff is Zach Wilson, they don't want him to throw the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not like Joe Flacco, and so their throw rate is really low, and they have mm-hmm. so many good players. Right, and guys are just going to disappear at, at certain yeah. times. Maybe not Brees Hall, but I, I have a hard time like clicking Garrett Wilson, who I like, Elijah Moore, who I like. I just I don't know when it's going to be which guy. It's re- it's really hard because I don't think they're going to throw enough to support more than more than one or two of them in a given week.
1: And the chemistry with Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson is just still not there. You would think after last year. I mean the 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 uh, the completion rate if you combine the two seasons last year and they came up as rookies together, you think that they, you would think that there would be, might be some chemistry d- to uh, develop there, but it hasn't happened. The, the, the completion rate on passes from Zach Wilson to Elijah Moore, the last two seasons, 46%. Um, it just, it has not happened for Elijah Moore to this point.
0: Let's go to the Steelers. I mean, they got absolutely torched by the Buffalo bills. They were down 20, 43 in the second quarter and 31, three at half. I, I think, Look, in the first half, the touches were Najee Harris 12. I'm sorry, the opportunities were Najee Harris 12. Jalen Warren won. But Jalen Warren was playing on third downs. And so, you know, and then when they got into a blowout, not, um, they left some of the starters in. Jalen Warren stayed in. Uh, the bottom line is that Jalen Warren's going to keep playing more. I mean, they came out and said it today. He's going to keep playing. He's going to be in there on pass downs. I mean, it's bad for Najee, right? Yeah. Now. I mean, it's really, really bad for Najee and like he was one of the guys after week one where we were like just sell you know we didn't have we we not we had a big fate on him in the preseason after week one just just sell him and now it's gonna be too late because everybody's gonna be out on Najee any thoughts yeah. on Najee versus Jalen Warren anything else on the Steelers
1: no I mean I think that I think that they like the way that Jalen Warren plays I think that they think that he plays like Steeler football he's really good in pass protection which is really rare for an undrafted rookie um you know, and I think, I think he plays with like a rugged style that I, I think that they like. And yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to continue to cut into the work for Najee Harris. George Pickens, again, I think is showing a, an actual on-field rapport with Kenny Pickett. And I, I think that George Pickens has a realistic chance to lead the Steelers uh, in receiving this yeah. season. Deontay Johnson's good, but George Pickens is like, he, he's a baller, man.
0: Yeah, I was frustrated that uh Pat Fryermuth got hurt in this game yeah. because as you saw, like Zach Gentry got in there and had a pretty good game and, and Frymouth would have had, I think, an even better game. And, and so we'll see how he is. Shout out Penn State. Fryinguth has three concussions or now over the last two seasons. Yeah. Uh last one we're gonna do here is the Titans. Titans go to Washington and get a win, despite completing only 15 passes, and only seven of those passes went to wide receivers. They are entering a buy this week we'll be watching for trailing burks turf toe news what did you see out of the titans win in washington
1: um big dog is like you know he's he's there he's he's right he's right where we need him in terms of skill level in terms of usage um that's now looking like a pretty good uh late first round pick he, he fell to the second in a lot of drafts actually this year that's looking pretty good um the passing game is just not not very fun. Kyle Phillips was a per, was a player that people were a little bit excited after week one. I think he went like six for sixty six or something like that, slot receiver. But he just he's not going to play a lot when they're using a ton of tight ends. You know, you teams are either running three receivers and 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 one tight end or two receivers and and, and two tight ends. And as the slot receiver, he's not going to be in there. It's going to be Westbrook, Akine, and Robert Woods in, in the two receiver set. So. Kyle Phillips is just kind of, you know, he's a a, a a dynasty stash.
0: And there's a lot of games where Ryan Tana only throws it 15, right. 17, 19 times. I mean, that's, right. that's how they prefer to play and get Derrick Henry 25 or 30 carries. All right. That is going to do it for this week's Team by Team pods. Appreciate y'all being here. Hope it helps. Hope it gives you guys some value. Do not forget about the NBA package that is up. And also for NFL, if you haven't subscribed yet, we do have weekly and monthly options available on the site. For Evan, for producer Luke, I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody.